Lubbockites are once again voting on a bond package to improve city streets. The $200 million would fund work that's needed on 22 miles of roads. Alex Driggers from the Lubbock Avalanche Journal and Ryan Chandler of KMAC News, as well as myself, have been covering this effort for over a year now. We're sharing everything we know on the topic on today's show. This is Listen in Lubbock. For Texas Tech Public Media, I'm Sarah Self-Walbrick, and this is Listen in Lubbock. Each week on the show, I talk with journalists to get a deeper understanding of the stories they're covering and how they affect our community. One story local listeners have heard about a lot over the past year is the city of Lubbock's efforts to pass a road bond package. Last year, voters were against a $175 million bond that would have improved streets, including Broadway. Now, they're voting again on a different package. This one's for $200 million and would pay for rebuilding work that's needed on 22 miles of roads throughout town. Alex Driggers from the Lubbock Avalanche Journal and Ryan Chandler from KMAC News have covered this story for months now, and so have I. Today, we're sharing all of the information we know so you can cast an informed ballot. Alex and Ryan, thank y'all for being in the studio with us. Thanks for having us. It's good to be here. Okay, before we dig into the background, I want to start by looking at the new package. Alex, why don't you summarize that for us? Sure. It's a $200 million package, as you mentioned, Sarah, that will be funded by 20-year bonds. It'll cost the average homeowner about $16 every year in property taxes, and it includes 22 miles of roads within the city of Lubbock. And if this bond package passes, it'll be the first to do so in 13 years in the city. Ryan, give us a look at what roads are included in this new package. There's more than a dozen different sections of roads, but uh, I think you should think of this as the roads that you typically tend to avoid on any given day when you're driving around town. These are targeting the roads that have grown too small for the community around them. Think about 114th Street, which is just that two-lane road in the middle of booming subdivisions and apartment complexes and HEB that just has way too much traffic. Think East 82nd Street, where 82nd turns from that you know major five-lane artery of the city to a two-lane road, 98th Street, Upland, that right now are, are just two-lane roads or even unpaved dirt roads uh, in the middle of a bunch of growth. So it's really focusing on on roads that are now too small that that need to grow to fit the, the city that's around them. That's a really good summary. Some other roads that are included in this bond package are a neighborhood rebuild in the Dunbar Manhattan Heights area. And then there's also money to pave several roads that are within the city limits. That's a specific issue that I've heard about at city council meetings for literal years. So this has been a long time coming to get these roads taken care of. They are included in this bond package. Alex, tell us who put together this new package. Well, the city council back in May appointed a citizen advisory committee. That included 13 people, two from each city council district that were appointed by the city council person over that district. And the 13th person was the chair of the committee that was chosen by the mayor. So you have people from all corners of Lubbock that came together to form this citizens advisory committee and to determine what was best for the entire 
their community and for their areas of town as well. That committee met many, many times over the summer. They were given a pretty short timeline to get their work done. They were tasked with looking at what went wrong with the last bond package, going through and figuring out what should be included in the new one, and then presenting that to city council. I will add that city council chose to accept and pursue the package as the committee recommended it. They did not take out any streets or add any to what the citizens all agreed should be included in this one. Right. The sentiment of the council was more or less, we're going to appoint these citizens and, and then we're going to trust them to do the job that we appointed them to do. We're going to listen to them and we're going to heed their advice. And I will say that the committee had very few absences over the summer period, which is a hard thing to do. Most of these people showed up to every meeting over a very short period of time and really got this thing put together very quickly. I tuned into several of their meetings over Zoom, and I think it's important to note that this package was put together by citizens. We heard in the aftermath of the last bond, we heard that one of the big reasons people voted against it was the council at the time. Um, That dates back to a couple of different issues, um, the sanctuary city vote being one of them. But I think there were a lot of citizens who were unhappy with what our council at the time was doing. I will add, I mean, it's a mostly new council since this last bond was passed. But I think it's interesting that in the marketing of this new package, they've really leaned into the fact that this was a citizen-led and put-together package this time. Any thoughts along those lines? Yeah, the city was like, y'all didn't like our idea last time, so you come up with something better. We'll put this in your hands. But seriously, though, I think that did lend itself to a little bit more public trust, a little bit more well-rounded input from every part of the city. I think there there was a lot of distrust last go around with how this plan came together, who it would really benefit. So to, to put the faces of, of citizens that more people may know just in their own neighborhood probably helps. Absolutely. Heather Keister chaired that Citizens Advisory Committee. I recently sat down with her to talk through some questions I've heard from folks. One of those is why the majority of streets in the package are outside of the loop in newer parts of town. Ryan, you got at this a little bit that, you know, these are streets that from a public safety perspective, we've seen a lot of growth around them. They need to be widened or otherwise rebuilt in order to best serve the community. But here's what she had to say about why there are so few streets inside the loop that are part of this package. You know, a good strong city has both new roads being constructed and street maintenance. And typically you see street maintenance being done several years after roads are constructed just to prolong the life. And so what what you would see generally if you look at Lubbock and as it kind of radiates outward, the, the older areas of town are in the center of town. And there's a lot of need there for street maintenance. But the majority of those arterials have already been built out. There's not the need for new arterials to be built in the, the in Lubbock's core as there there are in the growing areas of Lubbock. So really what it came down to was our committee didn't feel that street maintenance should be included in a bond. It shouldn't be debt, debt funded. It should be funded by cash. Um, and so it just came down to different needs around the different parts of Lubbock. So to reiterate, the committee thought this money should be used to build streets, not maintain them. Guys, what else do you all want to highlight about this new package? 
You mentioned the public safety component, which I think is is very interesting and important, not just for when you are driving around every day. Obviously, wider lanes are, are faster um, just for getting around in, in your own car. But I actually just did a story yesterday with the Lubbock Professional Firefighters Association. They joined the, the Professional Police Association last week to say, look, the quality of the roads in, in some areas of the city make us get to emergencies slower or we have to weave through two-lane roads to try to rush to a fire, and that makes everybody more unsafe whether you are on the roads or not. This is going to help us be more efficient in responding to emergencies. It'll make rushing to them safer for everybody on the roads. Uh, So it, it really is a public safety issue. It's not just about the efficiency of our streets. It's time for a quick break. We'll continue this conversation about Lubbock's road bond election with the Lubbock Avalanche Journal's Alex Driggers and KMAX Ryan Chandler. Stick with us. This is Listen In Lubbock. I'm your host, Sarah Self-Walbrick. We're talking about the road bond package that's on Lubbock voters' ballots this election. Ryan Chandler from KMAC News and Alex Driggers from the Lubbock Avalanche Journal are here to talk through it. If you haven't voted yet, let me tell you what this looks like on ballots. It's listed as Proposition A. The ballot measure states the issuance of $200 million general obligation funds for street improvements and the imposition of taxes sufficient to pay the principal of and interest on the bonds. You'll vote either for or against it. Ryan, if this passes, what kind of impact would it have on taxpayers? It's going to have about a two and a half cent tax hike on your property taxes, which for the average Lubbock homeowner equals only $16 per year. Obviously, that will go up and down depending on the value of your property, but $16 a year is is really all they're asking for from, from the average homeowner. Alex, this new bond is for a higher dollar amount than the last one, which was for $175 million. To reiterate, this one is for $200 million. Can you explain why that went up? Sure. One of the reasons this went up is because of what's contained in the package. This new package contains 22 miles of streets and roads, whereas the last one was only 11 miles. And so you might say, well, why isn't it double the amount of money? Well, uh, we'll get into this a little bit later, but Broadway, that was a significant portion of last year's package. So when you take that out, there's lots more room to build more miles of streets. So that's part of the reason. The other part of the reason is just the state of the economy that we're in right now that's different than it was back the last time we voted on a bond. Inflation, the cost of materials, the cost of labor have all gone up. So Heather had mentioned this in some of those meetings that they were being really conservative in trying to make sure that they have enough money to cover all of those rising costs. And that was a selling point of the last bond package last year was that we were kind of getting those prices at a once in a lifetime rate. We knew that if that one failed, these costs were going to go up. And that's exactly what happened. 
Ryan, how else does this new package compare to the one that voters were against last November? Well, I think voters may have a little bit of sticker shock when they see the initial value. There, there was a lot of apprehension last time around at the price, which was 174 and a half. Now it's 200 million, and a lot of people may think. If we rejected the first one, which was cheaper, why why would we come back around and, and approve a more expensive bond? But the city will argue it's actually a much better bang for your buck because for $25 million more, we're getting double the amount of roads repaired. Another big important difference is the elimination of Broadway. The city says we saved $40 million by not addressing Broadway in this bond, and that takes out what a lot of people think was the most controversial piece of the last bond, because nobody can agree what to do with Broadway or if it's even worth it to spend that much money repairing all of those bumpy bricks. So we said, we'll just not deal with that right now and and maybe do that with a standalone piece later down the road, no pun intended. But an important takeaway here is the Citizens Advisory Committee will tell you these were a very skinny list of needs, and it is really half of the needs that that we have. They said we had 400 to $500 million of identified needs. This is just the first 200. So it really is the skinniest package that they could put together. I asked Heather Keister from the Citizens Advisory Committee the same question. How does this new package differ from the last one? Here's what she had to say. There are some projects that are similar to last year's, and then there are some that are a little bit different. Uh, The largest difference is that this package does not include Broadway um, in terms of a dollar amount or even just... um, you know, a, a buzz word. Broadway was a lightning rod type project included in the last bond that we evaluated, we studied, we spent a lot of time talking about and ultimately decided not to include it in this package. Okay, so let's talk a little bit more about Broadway. Alex, tell us about the issues around that last time. I think a lot of the pushback from citizens was that there wasn't really a plan in place for how the city was planning to repair or address Broadway. It was just more like, here's $40 million to fix Broadway. But that was kind of the extent of it. There was there was no plan developed from that. A lot of people were upset about the possibility of getting rid of historic brick. That was That seemed to be a thing that one might not think is all of all that controversial, but that turned out to be a big reason why a lot of people voted no. And so the city council this go round when they were addressing this package said, you know, we'll leave it out of this package. That's probably a wise decision, but we have to address it and we need to come up with a plan first before we decide how we're going to pay for it. So having listened to some of these meetings and presentations that this committee has given since making their recommendations, it's my understanding, and I think that they've been pretty open about this, it's my understanding that Broadway was included until kind of the last minute. And then they pulled it because, again, there's just not a clear plan on how to deal with that street at this point. That is not included in this road bond package. The city is going to get a little bit more serious about figuring out that plan, but it'll be interesting to see where that goes, especially in regards to the historic nature of the bricks. You know, we're recording this in our studio on the corner of 19th and University. We have a ton of brick streets around us and they can be a challenge. And so I'm interested to see where that conversation will go. It's definitely one that is kind of always evolving, I feel like. Here's Heather again talking about the committee's perspective on Broadway. 
So over the process, we learned a lot about all the work the city has done in regards to preserving our downtown. There's been work done over the last you know, several decades. And as part of that, the city has certain streets in the downtown core that are protected. The way that Broadway is protected is, and when I say protected, that means protecting the historic brick. For Broadway to be reconstructed before it's built, city council has to adopt a design by ordinance. And that ordinance outlines a full process that has to be taken where where through the process, input is given by groups such as the Urban Design Historic Preservation Board. And so as a committee, we didn't feel we had the time to go through that process. We felt that the bigger need is for council to adopt a design so that a project can be clearly identified so that citizens can know what they would be voting on. It's time for another break. We'll be right back with more on Lubbock's road bond election with Ryan Chandler from KMAC News and Alex Driggers from the Lubbock Avalanche Journal. Keep listening in. You're tuned in to Listen in Lubbock. I'm Sarah Self-Walbrick. I'm joined in the studio by the Lubbock Avalanche Journal's Alex Striggers and Ryan Chandler from KMAC News. We're talking about Lubbock's road bond election. It's the second bond for street improvements that the city has sent to voters in a year. Alex and Ryan, what are y'all hearing from folks about this new bond? Any common questions y'all have been asked? I think a lot of voters um, have some doubts, maybe some skepticism about where this money really will go and what assurances we have that it's going to go where the city says. And, And the city has been very careful to make sure that voters know that there are guardrails in place on this money to make sure that if voters do give it to the city, it's going to go directly to these projects and it can't go anywhere else until those projects are done. Heather says that as soon as those projects are done that are all listed out very specifically in the the bond package, if we have any leftover money, that has to go back to council for a new allocation for a new specific plan. So a lot of voters last time, I think, thought that this was a blank check and they don't trust the city to handle it. That is not the case. One of the questions that I've heard is, well, why are so many of these projects outside of the loop? And I know we addressed that some earlier, but Heather said that the committee really focused on needs. What are the biggest needs in our growing city? And our city is not just inside the loop anymore. It's grown far outside of it and it continues to grow far outside of the loop and far outside of central Lubbock. And and the street infrastructure has not kept up with the growth. And I think that is why the committee recommended so many of these projects that are outside of the loop. And while I haven't encountered any formal opposition yet, that has been one of the questions that people have been a little bit skeptical of as well. I agree. I think that's kind of been the most common opposition that I've heard from folks. We've talked about this already, but the PAC and the committee that put this package together has really emphasized that 
there was representation from each council district on this committee. They agreed, it didn't matter what part of town they lived in, they agreed that these were the roads that needed to be worked on. So I think it's important to remember that perspectives from across our community were included in this decision-making process. Ryan, a different bond did not pass last year by about 1,500 votes. The city did a lot of research looking at why, What did they find and did they address those issues in the new package? They held a big public meeting shortly after that bond failed to hear concerns from citizens about why they voted against it and what they want to do next time. And it was a pretty um, heated, at at times contentious meeting. I, I remember a lot of people said, why did you spend so much time, effort and money on Broadway? That was never gonna pass. Not enough people live anywhere near Broadway to to spend that much money on it. So until you take that out, this is not going to pass. We've talked about this at length. That was a big controversial issue that that the city decided to just not deal with this time. Another factor was I think the city just probably assumed that this was going to pass because a lot of the business interests and, and first responders were behind it. But there was no organized information campaign. They, they really did not spend the, the time and effort promoting this bond that they are this time around. So that has changed. They, they have ramped up their efforts. They've started a PAC called Paving Lubbock Future, which by the last report has raised over $93,000 now. They've bought TV ads. They're getting out in front of the community in a lot of different spaces. So I think they're taking it more seriously and they're putting much more effort behind uh, a real campaign to make sure it does pass and not taking any assumptions this time. Yeah, I think it's interesting that bonds like this pass for the most part in communities across our country. It is kind of rare for something like this to fail. I do think it's notable. I went back and double checked uh, before we talked today. I mean, it was just under 1,500 votes. It wasn't that much of a difference. I'll be interested to see, because I think we'll have a higher voter turnout this election than we did last November, just because of what else is on the ballot. So I'll be interested to see how that shakes out, no matter what the results are this time around. Alex, explain what happens if this bond passes. What's next? Well, if this bond passes, then the real work begins. On the financial side, the city's financial people go out and sell the bonds to to start to actually get some of the cash. And then they will put out to bid some of these projects and, and then they'll start turning dirt on them. That should happen within the next year. And from what I understand, it'll take about five years to get all of these projects actually completed. Interesting. So yeah, it's my understanding as well that the city is prepared to kind of hit the ground running if this does pass. And Ryan, what if it doesn't pass? What does that mean for the work that's needed on these streets? It's going to be a long time before we have another opportunity to do something like this. And it's already been 13 years. You know, you ask the the Chamber of Commerce and and they will tell you that this is urgent. This is uh, not something that we can get wrong again because our growth is projected to be so high. They said up to 350,000 people by 2040 more people moving here every day. So the streets are going to get more congested. They're going to get more worn down. They're going to get even smaller for the the city that we're living in. So I don't think anybody in the city wants to think about that possibility. Ryan, you touched on this a little bit already, but I do want to go a little bit deeper on it. I heard this during the last road bond, and I've heard it this cycle too. This ballot measure is about public safety. What do the advocates saying that mean? 
Well, I talked with the Lubbock Professional Firefighters Association yesterday, and I asked them to show me some of the areas that are giving their first responders some some problems. And he took me to the corner of, of 98th and Upland Avenue. There you have a dirt road in 98th Street that is not very well kept and services a booming new subdivision. Just can't believe that that is the only road that these residents have to get get to their neighborhood from that direction. Then you have Upland Avenue, which is a two-lane road, which services Upland Heights Elementary of over 700 students. And twice a day, there are hundreds of parents dropping off their kids or picking them up, and that creates major congestion. So they said to me, imagine we have a fire in that new subdivision at 330 in the afternoon, there is a, a dirt road being the only other option to get there. Let's say it rained the day before and that street is kind of washed out and muddy. That is going to have a real impact on whether we can get to that house fire on time and whether we can save your house. It has a, a serious impact on how quickly we can get to emergencies. It wears down our equipment. So in the long run, we're going to have to spend more money buying new trucks, new gear. This is a public safety issue, not just for when you're driving on the roads, but when you need a fire truck or a police car car to to get to your house. And it's a public safety issue when you are driving on those roads. Some of these roads are are very narrow and very primitive compared to the surrounding area that they're in and the amount of traffic that travels on them every day. And there are times when I'm driving, let's just use that area in front of HEB on 114th Street, for example, like I'm scared to make a left turn there, you know. So so it really is a an, an issue with road safety and driver safety in addition to you know the first responder access and that type of thing anything else y'all think people should know about the road bond package on voters ballots i think for me the the important thing to know is that it's very important that we get this right and and whatever the voters decide is right is up to the voter but we don't have this opportunity very often and If we don't get it right this time, then we're just going to be that many more years behind the ball. So I'll leave it up to the voters to decide what the right call is. But just knowing that we're behind the the eight ball, as they say, and if if we miss the opportunity, then we're that much farther behind it. That's it for today. I want to thank Alex Driggers from the Lubbock Avalanche Journal and Ryan Chandler from KMAC News for sharing what they've learned while reporting on Lubbock's road bond election. Early voting continues through November 4th and election day is November 8th. For more information on voting, visit votelubbock.org. And for more of our coverage on this year's midterm elections, head to ttupublicmedia.org. I'll link to some helpful resources about the road bond there, too. Until next time, thanks for listening in.